Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome in, everybody, to another podcast here on maizenbrew.com. Future Brew talking Michigan football recruiting. Today, my name is Vaughn Lozon, and uh, joining me today, as always, my uh, co-host here, uh, Maze Brew football recruiting contributor, Seth Barry. Seth, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening, sir? Doing, doing pretty well. Um, yeah, I think we had some, in terms of the Michigan football recruiting world, had some, definitely some interesting things happen over, over the weekend and some, you know, developments that I that I'm excited to talk about with you tonight. And um, yeah, so just, so just ready to get rolling, but yeah, the week's gone good and I'm, I'm doing good to start off the week here. So can't, can't ask for much more. Good, man. Yeah. It's uh, it, <laughs> there, there's been, um, you know, it, this happens every once in a while within the season where, um, you know, kids will burst onto the scene and really show out in their first few games of their, senior season of high school. Um, and, and that's exactly what we're going to kind of kick off the show with, because this is a very recent development in the 2023 class. Jim Harbaugh and George Hilo on Monday night got on a call together and uh, they spoke with 2023 linebacker Arian Carter. And uh, before today, Seth, I had no clue who this guy was. And I'm sure uh, the listeners out there didn't know him either. Seth, I, I don't know if you know <laughs> knew who he was. I certainly did not. Let me tell you about him, though, uh, to all you guys listening, if you don't know him up until this point. He is from the state of Tennessee, listed at 6'1", 210, 
and uh, he has had a monster start to his senior year. He's racked up 29 tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, two pass breakups defensively. As a running back, he's a two-way player here. So as a running back, he has scored 10 rushing touchdowns and put up 372 yards uh, through four games. So he has been committed to Memphis since July, but he's gotten offers from Michigan, USC, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, other schools that have uh, significance. So to be honest, he probably won't be committed to Memphis for very much longer. Uh, He has collected all of these offers, by the way, uh, since September 16th. So this has happened within the last few days. Very, very recent stuff going on here with this recruitment. I uh, reached out to him and I I got a few comments from him earlier today to gauge his interest uh, with the Michigan Wolverines to see if his interest is legitimate or not. And let me tell you, it is legit. He is a bright kid in the classroom. He wants to go into either pre-med or physical therapy. And I'll tell you what, I certainly don't have the brains to do that. This kid does. He has an ACT score in the low 30s. I think the highest ACT score you can get is a 36. I want to say he's around 31 or 32. So that is a very good score. He is a very smart kid, to put it lightly. So I asked him what factors are going to lead to his future school. And he brought up academics. It was one of the very first things that he talked about. The other thing that he spoke about was being developed into a linebacker to play at the next level. And I think it's safe to say, Seth, that Michigan checks both of those boxes off immediately. He doesn't have a visit set up to Michigan yet, but he did tell me that he wants to see Ann Arbor up close in the near future. So I will toss it to you, my friend, Seth. Uh, What is your reaction to this offer, this kid's recruitment blowing up, and uh, everything that he had told me earlier today? I mean, I, you know, kind of answered your question, you know, earlier in that that spiel you had was, was he on my radar or did I know of him? Um, The answer is no. I mean, I, I, he wasn't on, on my radar and I I hadn't heard of him, like I said, be kind of before, um, before today, when you, when you text me and, uh, and told me, Hey, you know, let's talk about this guy. I looked him up and, and saw, you know, all the offers that he'd had just in, in a few days. And I, so I was interested to go and look at, you know, look at some of his film and, um, you know, just some, some highlights off of, you know, Twitter and, and what they had on there. And he's just, I mean, just coming off the edge with a bunch of speed and uh, really closes down, gets the ball. And and you can see um, why, you know, some of these schools have, these big time schools have reached out to him and, um, and really, and really pushed it on him uh, to, you know, to, to give these offers. So I think obviously well-deserved. I mean, anytime you put up those type of numbers and in your first few games of the, of the season in high school, you know, you're going to get some, going to get some looks and going to get some attention. Um, but yeah, I mean, every once in a while we see this where a guy just jumps off the page and, and kind of comes out of nowhere in that sense. And, and obviously that is, that's the case with Carter here. Um, and then, you know, his, his comments to you are, are, are very interesting in terms of, you know, him, him being, a, obviously that's a, that's a heck of an a, ACT score. And any time you, um, you know, you, you can get that type of score on, uh, on the ACT and then, you know, you factor in um, the, the development of the linebacker position that Michigan's had over the last, over the last several years. And, um, you know, with George Hilo reaching out there, I, I think it's, yeah, things could add up and, and, and put Michigan in a good position to be able to uh, 
to continue this recruitment with Carter. Obviously, it's going to be hard with a lot of these, you know, other schools, big time schools getting in the mix. And obviously, there's going to be a lot of factors that that do go into his decision. But it's encouraging him talking about, you know, academically, uh, the academics side of things being important to him and uh, in, in Michigan's like say their development with the linebackers I think there's there's things pointing in the in the right direction there and and hopefully Michigan can can build some momentum with this and and keep this going um with his recruitment but like I say if if more schools keep jumping in which I'm I'm sure they will um it'll be it'll be quite the competition I think to to land them but um all signs I think point right now in in the right direction but it's obviously it's early in this whole not his recruitment because he's a Memphis commit, but um, I guess just the new kind of the new side of things in terms of uh, scouts, you know, and coaches and programs looking at him in a different light now because of the way he's played uh, this season. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it, to say the least, he is, he's definitely going to get more attention uh, as his recruitment goes on here. Uh, the, his Michigan offer will not be his last. I will, uh, guarantee you that. I, I think I did see that LSU had offered him earlier today as well. So, I mean, that's just another powerhouse football program to submit an offer his way. And this really reminds me of the uh, Jimmy Rolder recruitment from last year. He really didn't get notoriety on the recruiting trail until uh, probably midway through his senior year of high school he picked up the Illinois offers, the one that kind of kickstarted it. And then Michigan offered just a few days later, he ended up getting Florida and Ohio state and Wisconsin. Those were like the main ones. And then he ended up signing with Michigan has obviously had some early success with Michigan. Arian Carter. I, I was keeping an eye on his profile on 24 seven earlier today, Seth. And he was, he was barely within the, the top 700 uh, going into today on the composite. And now he's at number 393 overall, and he is a solid four-star on the 24-7 sports composite. And and 24-7 sports themselves has him ranked as a high three-star prospect. So he's probably just going to continue to go up as his senior season progresses. Now, like you said, Alabama is going to be up there in his recruitment. Uh, Tennessee, the hometown school, you can't ever rule them out. He visited Alabama this past weekend, so they kind of have a leg up in his recruitment as of right now. Uh, but one thing that Michigan can say that they have uh, this feather in their cap is Junior Colson. Uh, this was another thing that I had asked him about earlier when I spoke with him, because seeing another player from the state of Tennessee, um, it, Michigan's recruited a lot of those kinds of guys recently from the state of Tennessee, Junior Colson just being one of them. And I asked him if he was aware of Junior Colson, the success he's had at Michigan. He said yes, and that he played him a couple times when he was in high school. So he is pretty familiar with what Junior Colson did in high school and his recruitment with Michigan. And now his time with Michigan, he is one of the stars of the defense just into his sophomore season. So he's going to have one more year um, in the maize and blue. And obviously, I think this is something that Carter is going to be paying attention to as his recruitment goes on here. So um, it's just another thing to have if you're Michigan in this recruitment to have guys from the state of Tennessee, obviously Junior Colson, but Miles Pollard is another guy that you could uh, have speak with Arian Carter about how Michigan is and the, the program and the culture 
and everything that goes into it, uh, because that is one thing that uh, Carter had told me is that he's hoping to speak with Junior Colson or some of these other guys at some point to really just get the lay of the land and see what Michigan's all about and then hopefully uh, get to visit at some point in the near future. So, uh, Seth, it's always nice to have that kind of connection uh, with a kid that you're really going for on the recruiting trail, especially with a kid at a position of need like linebacker. Well, it really is. I mean, any anytime, you know, these guys have, have you know, either, you know, former teammates or, or, or just guys they played against in high school and they can, you know, they see them obviously uh, go play against them and then can, can uh, see them play to school like Michigan and, and see them have success. It's a, it's a big deal. Um, even if they don't know them personally and, and just wanting to, to make that connection with, with guys like Colson and, and Pollard and, and being able to kind of get a feel for, you know, for what it's like at Michigan and what they have to offer and, you know, facilities and in the coaching staff and whatnot. So yeah, those, those connections are obviously huge and, and something that uh, Michigan can, can hopefully look to take advantage of in this recruitment. So, um, but yeah, I mean, anytime, you know, a- anytime you have guys from your own state that, that have success and, and you can kind of gauge them and track them and, and get their, you know, get a feel for, for what things are like. Um, I think that that can only help Michigan. And um, so, you know, if, if he makes that connection with, with Colson and those guys that are on the, on the roster right now, it'll, it'll certainly benefit. And, you know, as we talk about with, um with all these guys, it's, you know, once we get, once, once they get them on campus, we'll see what happens, but that's really the, you know, the telltale sign of things moving, you know, taking that next step in the right direction. And, and we'll see if they do get them on campus, but, but yeah, just, just a lot of interesting developments and angles to, to follow um, with, with Carter's recruitment here. And it'll, it'll be exciting to keep, uh keep watching it moving forward. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm really interested to see where this goes and if Michigan is able to kind of strike gold two cycles in a row at the linebacker position with a kid that kind of uh, was a late bloomer, but uh, ended up being a very solid prospect. Because like I said, Jimmy Rolder wasn't really much of a prospect or a a big time recruit before his senior year. Got all those offers, had a really good senior season, ended up being a four-star guy, and now he's uh, playing pretty well early on during his true freshman season at Michigan, probably won't redshirt whatsoever. So yeah, hopefully Michigan is able to continue that success in this recruitment with Carter, especially linebacker being such a a position of need here uh, moving forward to kind of round out the cycle. Let's move on. And uh, we're going to keep this a little shorter today. Uh, We're going to talk about a couple guys who were on campus this past weekend uh, for the UConn game. And uh, one guy being in 23, the other guy being in the 24 class. Let's start with the 23 guy, since he was the lone official visitor of the bunch of recruits that were on campus this weekend. And this was 2023 four-star cornerback, Chris Peel. He is among the several Providence Day high school kids that Michigan is recruiting. He's the only one in the 23 class, but there are several in 24. We're not going to talk about them today. Let's stick with Peel. He's six feet tall, 175 pounds. He's number 196 overall in the composite. So he's a pretty solid four-star guy. Other than Michigan, he's focused on Georgia, South Carolina, and NC State. He visited Georgia uh, back in the summer, I want to say. And then he also took an unofficial visit to Atlanta, (laughs) of all places, for Georgia's uh, neutral site, quote-unquote, game against Oregon in week one. 
And then after that, the week after, he took his visit to NC State, and he's going to take this trip to Michigan this weekend. We'll take one more official visit. That's going to be to South Carolina. That is slated for the first weekend in October. After that is when he is going to decide. It should be sometime shortly after that final visit. So, Seth, Michigan does not currently have any defensive backs committed in the 23 class, whether it's a safety or a corner. They've got nothing. Peel is projected to play corner at the next level. He's got lightning quick speed for his position and would certainly be a welcome addition to Michigan's defensive back room uh, since he would be (laughs) the only addition (laughs) to the defensive back room Um, with really only a few options remaining at this point. um, I don't think it's a, a bold thing to say that it's not really the the biggest need in this 23 class, just because of all the guys that they had in 22, like Will Johnson, Zeke Barry, Keon Sab. I, I mean, the list goes on and on for the guys that they got in the last cycle. But uh, to have your, uh, or I, I guess arguably your top cornerback target, I guess Jair Hill, a four star guy from Illinois, would be the other one. But to have both of your prospects uh, at the top of the corner board be highly touted. Uh, four-star guys. It, it's very nice to see this. So um, where do you think this one kind of stands at this point, Seth? And are you worried that Michigan does not receive that final official visit? Because that's always something that I would like to have if I were hosting a recruit. Yeah, yeah I think there's there's concern about, um, you know, about being able to host that that official visit. I think you make a good point about the, you know, just about the the secondary class last year and and kind of where they'll be at roster wise um, next year. Saying it's not the it's not the biggest need, which I agree. You know, they'll still have a young and and deep and talented secondary. Um, you know, going into next season, but yeah, I mean, when you talk talk about a guy like Chris Peel, um, you know, obviously someone who's been on their radar for, for a while, you know, you talk about all the Providence day connections and and all the guys they're, they're recruiting from there um, in both the 23 and the, you know, and going out of the 24 class as well. Um, you would like to, to be able to, to land a guy like that, like Peel was someone, someone of, of his, um, you know, of his talents and his, uh, you know, with, with all he can, he can bring to the field. So, so yeah, it's, it's something that, I mean, I think, you know, just, just judging off of it right now, I think Georgia has, has an edge in this, um in this recruitment, but uh, I don't know if Michigan's fallen out of the picture, but it's, uh, they, they've been there, I think for, you know, for a while um in this recruitment, but, but something they're just going to have to keep, um keep pushing for. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but like I say, it, it's not a, it's not a huge position of need for the class, but it's to land a guy like Peel, I think would still be a big deal. And the, and they still want to, I think they still want to, um, you know, whether it's Hill or Peel, I mean, one of the two, it would be, it'd be very nice to to be able to land one of them. I know Hill, um, you know, Illinois has, has tried to to make some noise and gather some momentum um, for, for Jair Hills, Hill as well. So, so there's, um there's two guys there that you're, you're talking about wanting to land and, and hopefully, um, you know, for Michigan's sake, it, to be able to land one of those prospects, and and we'll see where it goes. But Peel's a guy I like. I've liked for a for a while, and you know, he went to the the barbecue at the Big House, and you know, he's he's visited, um, he's visited Michigan obviously several times. So so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to keep an eye on it. But I think right now, I mean, I I, I think you'd have to say that Georgia, um, 
has a lead in this one. I I think it's close. I I think he, I think there are arguments to be made for each school. Honestly, I think he genuinely does like these top four schools, and I think Michigan certainly being one of them. He has a lot of love for Michigan. Would I be shocked if he picked Michigan? Not really. Would I be shocked if he went to any of those other three schools? Again, not really. I think it's it's really torn at this point with him. I think these visits are going to determine a lot. And I think we would, like I said, we'll probably know pretty shortly after his final official visit where he ends up going. I will say this, though. I really like Chris Peel, too. Like you said, I think Georgia had a lead for a while. I think the lead has diminished a little bit. I think they very well still could lead uh, at this point, but I do think that Michigan, uh, South Carolina, uh, I I think those are really the main schools that have closed the gap. I think NC State is somewhere in that mix as well. I I don't really know exactly where they're at, but I do think at this point, it's probably Michigan and Georgia uh, leading the way at the top. But again, uh, he does like those other two schools. It'll be really interesting to see how this all plays out. But um, I know I didn't, I said that I wouldn't talk about the 24 guys, but getting a guy like Chris Peel um, or getting Chris Peel would certainly help with the guys in the 24 class, uh, Jane Davis and and the other kids that they're recruiting uh, in that cycle. That certainly would not hurt. So uh, hopefully Michigan is able to seal the deal. Like you said, with at least one of those cornerbacks, whether it be Peel or Jair Hill, I think they would take both of those guys in a heartbeat. I think they like both of those guys a lot, uh, but we will certainly see. I think Hill, if I had to guess, venture a guess, that he would probably be on campus for that Michigan-Illinois game uh, in late November. I I don't think that recruitment's going to end anytime soon, so I could very well see him visiting Ann Arbor in late November, just a couple months away. Let's go to the 24 prospect that I promised we would talk about. And this is a significant visitor here from the 24 class. And this is four-star in-state defensive lineman, Brandon Davis Swain. And normally an in-state kid wouldn't receive so much hype around a visit because, you know, he's the guy from Michigan. He goes to the Michigan game. Not usually a big deal, but this one's a little different. He's been committed to Notre Dame since April I don't believe he's been back to South Bend since he committed to them. And he's a West Bloomfield kid, which obviously he's going to have those connections with the guys already on campus, uh, the coaching staff with Ron Bellamy, and and then the guys committed in the 23 class with Amir Herring, Samaj Morgan, and Adam Samaha, the kicker, um, all 23 commits there. So uh, you know that those guys are probably in his ear uh, with Notre Dame struggles to begin the season. They almost dropped another one this past weekend at home to Cal. Uh, they were just able to squeak by Cal. So we'll see how the rest of their season goes. But obviously that, in my opinion, I think that has a, a, a bit of a reason as to why Brandon Davis Swain is kind of visiting other schools, looking elsewhere. Um, it just so happens that Michigan could really bank on this opportunity just because he's the in-state kid and has so many connections to the program. And uh, it, it just seems like a slam dunk. Davis Swain is listed at 6'4", two, 240 pounds, and uh, he's number 76 overall on the composite. Now, according to 
uh, a couple of the recruiting writers uh, across the various uh, websites online, whether it be 24-7, on three, et cetera. Um, it sounds like the reason Michigan never really ramped up recruiting efforts with him is because of the question of where he would play in Michigan's defense. But in my opinion, I say you worry about that when you get him on campus. Uh, I really think he can play anywhere. And at 6'4", 240, uh, he likely isn't done growing. And he's had, he has this season, he's got next season still in high school. Uh, he's going to continue to grow. I think he would be a good fit for uh, either the position that Chris Jenkins plays, which is kind of a jack of all trades. You line up up and down the line, or perhaps if he doesn't grow at all, which again, I can't imagine that, perhaps put him in uh, that edge rusher position that Uche Ojabo had so much success in. I think he would probably fit the bill for that position as well. Uh, so Seth, I'm going to turn it over to you. What do you make of this visit and this development in general? Yeah, I think the, you know, with Davis Swain, it's, it's right on cue from what we, what we discussed last week, you know, about, um, you know, that's our topic about, about potential Notre Dame and, you know, Notre Dame commits, um, you know, visiting elsewhere, if Michigan would, would try to, you know, to go and, and talk to some of them. And sure enough, you know, Davis Swain, visits campus over the weekend and you know obviously the the West Bloomfield connections with with Bellamy and and the guys on the you know the recruits there right now obviously makes sense and it it adds up to 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 see why he would visit Ann Arbor and, and maybe take a second look um you know it could be just a matter of you know he's hanging out with people he knows and and friends and whatnot I'm sure that's that's part of it as well but but part of it has to be you know Notre Dame has obviously struggled and and they're they're not having a good time, obviously this this season, and there's question marks about um, maybe Freeman's ability to to lead that program. Even though he's done a great job in recruiting, you know, you always you know you have to recruit and you have to coach um, and develop as well. So so there could be definite questions there about but what about what's going on at Notre Dame and um, but but the point you make about you know Michigan not um, really recruiting him hard early, you know, because they wouldn't know kind of where he fits. And I, I agree with you. It's like the best coaches, I think, adjust their their scheme a little bit um, to to fit the personnel. And and when you have a talent like like him, um, or or then you recruit for that matter, if, if you get him on campus and and you know you'll figure out a position for him. Um, you just have to you have to be able to adjust your style a little bit to to fit um, talent on the field. So I think the best coaches and and systems do that. Um, you know, with guys. So so yeah, I think it's a obviously an interesting development, and it'll, it'll be a you know we'll see where it goes from here, but. But encouraging for Michigan to to get a guy like him on campus, even though it it seems obvious, um, you know, for for him to be the one to do that with with the connections he has. But you know, that's the name of the game in recruiting and and taking advantage of those of those uh, connections. And 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 if they could they could flip him, I mean, that would be a that'd be a start um, for sure. And it could be a trickle down effect of of what could be to come for for Notre Dame with with some guys here. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be. It'd be interesting to see, but but Michigan obviously um, looking to take full advantage of of Notre Dame's situation right now uh, for good reason. And it'll probably only get worse for Notre Dame too because they have to travel to North Carolina this weekend. They have to go to BYU after a bye week. 
they host Clemson the first weekend of November, and then they have to travel to USC uh, for their final game. So you're looking at barely 500, perhaps. I, I could very well see them dropping. And, and there are a few other games that they've got, too. I mean, they got to go to Syracuse, and they put up a big fight against Purdue last weekend. They got to travel to Navy, which playing uh, uh, the Naval Academy or, or Army or Air Force. I mean, that's never an easy task either. Um, they, they're going to have a few of these games where they probably won't put up as much of a fight or 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 perhaps a, a game against someone that you think that they would beat the snot out of, like UNLV or Boston College. Perhaps they don't blow them out like they should. I mean, you would have expected them to beat Marshall at home. They didn't. You would expect them to beat Cal as much uh, as, you know, a few touchdowns at the very least, but they only beat them by a single touchdown. And it was looking pretty bleak for them at one point in that game. So I, I say the worse Notre Dame does, the better for Michigan with not only this recruitment with, uh, uh, with Davis Swain, but also with so many other guys in the 23 class and and even the guys that are uh, considering both Michigan and Notre Dame, the uncommitted prospects too, I think this is going to play a, a pivotal role in, in their recruitments as well, because Michigan and Notre Dame are always fighting each other on the recruiting trail uh, for these kids in the Midwest for the most part. But yeah, I mean, it, this is, this is big stuff. And and having Davis Swain on campus this past weekend kind of shows that he's, he's interested in other programs, even though he's, uh, committed to Notre Dame and has been uh, committed to Notre Dame since April. And uh, uh, honestly, I, I think that commitment status could change uh, in, in the next few weeks or a few months here, just depending on how Notre Dame does with the rest of their uh, uh, 2022 season. So it, it's, it's very interesting to monitor this one, uh, but also the other ones uh, with Notre Dame that we, we talked about a few of the guys in the 23 class on a previous podcast. Um, I, I don't think we need to rehash those guys by any means, but just something to keep an eye on. So, uh, Seth, any departing thoughts uh, before we wrap up here? Yeah, I was just going to make kind of the point that you did about about Michigan being in, in a lot of battles with with Notre Dame in the recruiting world. And and you would think if anyone were to benefit the most from you know, from guys who are either not committed or looking at, at Notre Dame and Michigan or guys who have already committed, uh, that Michigan would be the beneficiary of that. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, we talked about some of the guys last week, but like Charles Jagusa, for example, where, you know, Notre Dame was, was a school he committed to, but he was really high on Michigan, you know, the whole, throughout the whole process. So there just could be several guys like that where, you know, they take a second look and, and Michigan is a school that is next on their radar. So it'll be, you know, obviously it'll be um, exciting to to kind of watch that and keep an eye on that going forward. Totally. Seth, I appreciate you, my friend, and I appreciate all you guys listening out there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. You can follow Seth at Barry underscore Seth 14. Follow Mason Brew at Mason Brew, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know where to find us. Just search Mason Brew. We'll pop up five-star reviews on all of our podcasts and subscribe to the Mason Brew podcasts, all of them, whether it be ours, uh, it, Brewcast, Out of the Blue. I mean, we got so many good ones. Trevor Woods uh, hosts a uh, podcast uh, for the wrap-up show for uh, it, uh, for when he covers the games at Michigan Stadium. 
and uh, all the away games as well. He always does a great job with those. So please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We certainly appreciate all your support. For Seth Barry, my name is Vaughn Lozon. We'll come back next week with more Michigan football recruiting. Thanks so much for listening.